This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue in the prophet Micah with prophets denounced, the mountain of the Lord's house, the Lord of the whole earth, O little town of Bethlehem, and a remnant delivered. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. The Advent hymn, the Advent of our King, we regard God as king. He is declared to be king in both the Old and New Testaments. Are we merely speaking metaphorically? Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. Coming to you live on this Thursday afternoon, December the 14th. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We're going to talk about God as divine king with Dr. John Bambaro, author of a column titled The Fact of Our Need for a King. We'll be spending some time with Dr. Jan Lohmeyer, He's author of a chapter in our forthcoming book, Objections Overruled 3, answering an argument against Christianity, evolution has disproven the creation account, and then another argument with Pastor Heath Curtis, homosexuality is another form of committed love. Dr. John Babaro is Special Projects Supervisor at the Naval Chaplaincy School in Newport, Rhode Island. He's author of a column titled, The Fact of Our Need for a King. John, welcome back. It's a pleasure to be with you, Todd. Thank you. Does the Bible talk about the kingdom of God and God as king metaphorically? Well, yes and no. Well, the yes part is it is a metaphor. You know, the relationship to God is understood to us in categories that we best understand, which are relations that are around us, and it employs that language. So there is the metaphor of king and kingdom that's there. But no, in that it's actually the reality. It's the antecedent to it actually being a metaphor. Being king is internal to God. He is in fact king. He is sovereign. He is Lord of all of his creation. And so the reality is that the metaphor comes subsequently for our own understanding because God truly is king. Internal to the Bible, we have in three essential interpretive principles right from the beginning of Genesis. There's recapitulation, where the story is being retold over and over again, including more detail and, and greater dynamics to it. Representation is another hermeneutical principle. But the principal metaphor in Scripture right from the beginning is that of kingdom. From its opening pages, it directs us to read every bit of it uh, in through the lens of kingdom. If we look at the scriptures, we we find God as the great king issuing forth his royal decree, let there be light, to which there can only be one response, and it was so. And this continues on with the creation of humanity who are made in the divine likeness to have dominion. That's kingdom language right there. The scriptures tell us that heaven, God says, is my throne and the earth is my footstool. And all of this moves in a climactic way, of course, to God's own king, namely David, and then the apex, the one who fulfills all of the scriptures with the advent of Jesus, and his coming is being heralded as the world's rightful king. And so the metaphor runs through scripture, but we also have to own the fact that being king 
is internal to God per se. How did Adam and Eve, in their original sin, reject the kingship of God? Well, our first parents were to have dominion on the earth. That's to say that they were to rule as God would. They were to image forth his likeness and in all of its perfection and righteousness and love. And that's the kind of governing that we were created to experience, divine and beautiful governance, but it didn't play out that way. Instead, they violated his law, and his law was given to us from a disposition of love for our own good. And so it was through an act of high treason that they were beguiled, and beguiled through a perverted thought of themselves, this is both Adam and Eve, being enthroned like God, you shall be as God. And so they're tricked to thinking themselves and picturing themselves on the throne. It's no wonder that St. Damien had said that the devil was the first grammarian because he taught Adam and Eve how to decline deus in the plural. And since that day, each and every government, whether it be nations to autonomous free agents, from federations to family, all of it has been permeated by a corrupted self-interest, by sin itself, and that has thrown the world into governmental chaos ever since. Why do we need a king? Well, I think that there is a king is the starting premise. That's the fact. God is king and relates to all of his creation as the sovereign Lord. He is the king of creation, as we sing. All the qualities of kingship and lording are internal to God. They're basic to his nature and character. And since this is the case, our relationship to him is one that's defined in like manner. To know God is to be in relation to the king. All humanity is in relationship to him. No one really begins a relationship with God. We already have one with him by fault. It's a fact of nature. The question is, what is the nature of that relationship? Sovereign or judge? allegiance to the king or rebellion. And we need a king because even as Aristotle observed, man is a political animal. And there is a hierarchy to the cosmic order with the creator king atop and we as created servants beneath are then to be governed. We need a king and particularly this king because we govern poorly. We govern sinfully and selfishly. In fact, we could use the word disastrously as we look through the course of history. Much of it is just studying how governing and governments have been ruinous for all of humanity. And yet, nonetheless, we still govern and are always governed. What we need is a king, a governor, one that governs with grace, mercy, truth, peace and love not only over us, but also within us. And this is built into our nature that we need a king. This is why, be it my son Luca or my godson Angelo, they look to their fathers to exemplify the righteous household headship. We need a king because it's basic to human nature. So what does the season of Advent confess about our divine king? Well, this is the wonderful part and what makes this season so joyous, but also preparatory. All the prophecies associated with this biblical and historical paradigm of kingship come to their fruition in the advent of God's king, indeed, God our king, with the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's governmental language. That's political language. We have a king, and his name is Jesus. 
This is to be our first allegiance to Jesus, above and beyond all things, all parties, nations, institutions. Advent heralds the coming of the King and his reclamation of his global kingdom as the world's rightful Lord. And that's what Advent is saying, and that's why it makes it good news, because he comes, he comes lowly and mercifully. And the very image that we get of Jesus in his incarnation, coming humbly and, and placed in a manger, in a food trough, like the Eucharist, in the patent itself, that signals to us how he is going to rule and reign in this day of grace, in this season of grace. And that makes Advent, so far from being potentially the worst news, really the greatest possible news. What happens when we attempt to self-rule? Well, the pattern is right there throughout history. It needs to be learned and relearned with each succeeding generation. When we engage in self-rule, our self-delusion of self-sufficiency leads to what I say is self-initiated disaster. And we see this right in the beginning with our first parents when they thought they could be as the king on his throne. Disaster ensues. Genesis 6, 5, that all the imaginations of man's heart were only evil continually. And that will continue on in chapter 11 at the Tower of Babel as well. When man rules, it comes out poorly. Every human government, every earthly kingdom has had its day, has come and gone, and has suffered the same consequences of the same pattern, save for one kingdom, and that is the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ, which endures and will endure forever. And that is in stark contrast to our self-delusion of self-sufficiency, which leads to self-initiated disaster. And the problem here is that we cannot break the cycle because human nature cannot change human nature. No matter how much money we put into education, no matter how much therapy we may think that we can endure, we cannot change human nature. We must be changed by one who is truly our king, who can rule over us, but also within us. Dr. John Bombaro is our guest. We're talking about God as a divine king. He's author of a column titled The Fact of Our Need for a King. We'll find out why else we need a king right after this. Thanks to you, Issues Etc. consistently ranks among the top podcasts in religion and spirituality with Apple Podcasts. Please help us reach more listeners in 2024 by making a year-end gift. For a year-end donation of $250 or more, we'll send you our forthcoming book, Objections Overruled 3, and a new recording of 15 hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir. You can make a secure online contribution at issuesetc.org. Thanks for listening. And thanks for your support. Do you need a rest from the world's headlong rush to Christmas? Some place where you and your family can slow down and prepare for Christ's birth at the church's rather than the world's pace? A midweek evening Advent service is the perfect time for your first visit to a Christ-centered, cross-focused Lutheran church. Learn more on the Find a Church page at issuesetc.org or send an email to talkback at issuesetc.org. Christological.
Creedle. Confessional. You're listening to Issues Etc. If you're looking for a good Lutheran church in Scarsdale, New York, one that has sound teaching based on the Word of God and takes pride in the confessions, look no further than Trinity Lutheran Church in Scarsdale, New York, where every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. we have Bible study and Sunday school, followed by the service at 10. Again, good liturgical confessional worship by the grace of God. Find us at trinityscarsdale.org. Our Christian faith is under constant attack, and we must be proactive in keeping our children in the church. At Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, we believe that an education rooted in God's Word is one that stands against the very gates of hell. Nothing in this world is more important. Offering a rigorous classical Lutheran education, we provide in-person and live online remote learning opportunities for preschool through grade 12. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. K is for our newborn king who left his throne above to dwell as man with us on earth because of God's great love. Scripture gives us two recountings of the first Noel. One we read in Matthew, one in Luke, which is our L. Two pages from the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for December. N is for Nativity, Christmas from A to Z. This children's book is published by Concordia Publishing House. Give them a call and order it. 1-800-325-3040. 1-800-325-3040. Or browse before you buy at our website, issuesetc.org. Look for N is for Nativity, Christmas from A to Z. Dr. John Bombaro is our guest. We're talking about God as a divine king. Why else do we need a king, John? Not only have our governments and institutions failed, but we always fail at this endeavor at self-government, and we always will. But what I'm saying is that we don't govern ourselves, our very selves, according to grace, mercy, truth, peace, and love. We don't govern or love ourselves as we ought. And so we need a king, a king with the ability to govern differently over us Uh, than the way that we self-govern, and with the ability to govern within us, because only one who has supernatural power can change otherwise an unchangeable human nature. With what things do we attempt to replace God and king? Well, there's a whole host of things. Once God is removed from that context and, and we're not allowing him to rule over us, something else will immediately fill that gap. And our first parents saw that as the evil one who usurped God's rightful rule immediately stepped in the Lord's place. And ever since that day, it's been the same way. We still think that we can sort our own problems with more money, more education, more resources, more techniques. And the one thing that seems to be true about human nature is that we won't allow this king, the good and loving and just king, the holy one, to rule over us. And so we're going to choose other things. And so we think that institutions, particularly technology, today is going to be the answer, but they always betray us. There's what I call a boomerang effect. Things bite back. And as well, it turns out that when we choose other people and choose other institutions, they don't govern well over us either because they too are given to self-delusion of self-justification. The other things that we like to choose over us are going to be politicians and alcohol or 
drugs, the internet, technocrats, status, brand loyalty, faddish trends, coolness, subcultural identities, even likes on the internet. We gravitate toward all of these things in a kind of mob mentality, ready to think that the latest possible thing out there, the new movement, is going to bring about some sort of utopia, and it never does. None of these isms, whether it's communism, socialism, indeed even capitalism, these things aren't going to bring about any kind of utopia Rather, instead, as we've seen historically, it usually results in some sort of dystopia. It puts me in mind of the account of Jesus' trial where, in a mocking fashion, as the people are rejecting Jesus before Pilate, he says, you know, what shall I do with your king? And their answer is to crucify him. What are your thoughts there? Well, they yell out immediately, this man is not our king. We have no king but Caesar. It wasn't as if they were going to have no king. They immediately filled that vacuum with Caesar himself. And yet, it all comes back to the question is, who is Jesus? And is he the one that fills our basic needs? And Pilate was asking this question in private. What is truth? And now it turns out really Pilate is the one who's on trial because the truth is standing in front of him. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We need a king, and to look upon this king is to look upon the one who rules and reigns as God has intended, and he has done so, not only in the divine side, but in fulfilling our own vocations, the vocation to have dominion on the earth in the way that God had fully intended. Jesus is the image of God on earth. As we were created in God's image, it turns out that Jesus is the very icon of how humanity was supposed to be on the earth. And yet he does it, not only fulfill the law on our behalf and our vocational responsibilities, but he also makes a blood atonement to purge all of our sins that we may be reconciled to the world's rightful king, God himself. Is this how he reigns as king? Well, I think that the best, the most ideal image is that of Jesus on the holy cross. And here we have that kingdom metaphor brought to its apogee. There, Jesus is enthroned with the titulus above his head, Jesus Nazarenus Yodorum Rex, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And he has his crown on his head, it be of thorns itself. And there he issues forth his royal decree. And mind you, he had promised in Matthew, Mark, and Luke's accounts of the upper room that he would not drink of the fruit of the vine until he drank it anew in God's kingdom. So the the place where we see Jesus drinking the fruit of the vine, the sour wine upon hyssop, there the kingdom breaks through and we see God as king, how he rules and reigns on the earth now, and it comes out with his first royal decree, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And this is why the image of the crucifix in the church and such that we wear is so beloved by Christians around the world because it shows us how our God is, how our King is toward his people, and how he reigns in the kingdom. So he reigns by being truly present in his church, allowing us to hear his real voice and to bask in his real presence in holy communion. So it's in and through the holy church then that the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of this government and peace, there will be no end. This is how the gates of hell cannot prevail over against it. 
We confess that Jesus' kingdom will have no end. How does this fact comfort us now until he appears? You know, this is really the crux of it all for us. Come what may, we know that Jesus is in fact in charge. And he's bringing all things from the alpha point to the omega point. And that we have been enveloped inside this great story, this great five-act drama. And it's in the act now of the church and the expansion of his kingdom until the king returns for all eyes to see on the last day, the day of resurrection for us. And we have comfort because it is this king, Jesus, the crucified one. This is the one who is the king who is responsible for the protection and the provision of his people. And to have such a loving king, we have the assurance that we have peace with God because he has brokered it in his own blood. Advent really is the great time of refreshment for all of our souls and confidence that as God has fulfilled his promises in the past in Christ Jesus, and we know that he is present with us in and through his word and sacraments, that all of the promises of God are going to be yes and amen for us in Christ Jesus on the last day when he reappears. Dr. John Bambaro is Special Project Supervisor at the Naval Chaplaincy School in Newport, Rhode Island. He's author of a column titled The Fact of Our Need for a King. You can read it at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Dr. Bombaro, thank you very much for your time. A blessed advent to you and yours, Todd. When we come back, we're going to be answering arguments against Christianity. The first one we will answer is Evolution Has Disproven the Creation Account with Dr. Jan Lohmeyer. Then Homosexuality is Another Form of Committed Love with Pastor Heath Curtis. Listen to the best of the church's music for the Advent season at lutheranpublicradio.org. Sacred music for the Advent season, lutheranpublicradio.org. We know that you want to build your family on the right foundation from the very start, the foundation of Jesus Christ. Concordia Publishing House offers more than 8,000 products for churches, schools, and homes. Dedicated customer service and an experienced staff to help you focus on what matters most. Click to connect at cph.org. Concordia Publishing House. Listening, responding, providing for God's people. Concordia Publishing House. cph.org. Psalm 144.1 Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Those serving in the armed forces want LCMS chaplains. We need courageous pastors to bring the gospel and sacraments to those protecting our nation. Along with wise counsel and the peace found only in Christ Jesus. If you are between the age of 26 and 43 and have a heart for ministry in the armed forces, call 314-996-1337 or email lcmschaps at lcms.org. Luther Academy provides additional theological education for our mission partners around the world. 
specifically pastors who are asking for additional education but do not have the necessary resources in their own church bodies. By donating to Luther Academy today, you will be supplying food, housing, books, professors, and travel for Lutheran pastors who attend our conferences. To learn more about Luther Academy and how you can donate today, visit lutheracademy.com, lutheracademy.com. Christ-centered, cross-focused, you're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Bethel Lutheran, Ballinger, Texas. Epiphany Lutheran, Door, Michigan. Grace Lutheran, San Mateo, California. Emmanuel Lutheran, Orange, California. Mount Calvary Lutheran, Eola, Texas. Peace Lutheran, Rapid City, South Dakota. Resurrection Lutheran, Fredericksburg, Texas. St. John Lutheran, Sycamore, Illinois. St. Paul Lutheran, Valley City, Ohio. And Trinity Lutheran, Walton, Nebraska. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support Donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal.